0: Podcast with geeks by geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland.
1: Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Follow Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I am your host. My name is Chris Lockhart. And I'm currently joined by two of my co-hosts in crime. We may be joined by another uh later on uh but we'll see but first up we have Lillian Knelson. how's it going going Lillian
2: oh we are doing all right, but my goodness it was a chaotic day today and as you can hear there's it's a busy <clears throat> evening with a toddler tonight excellent she's uh binging on pretzels right now that's her uh
1: her go-to her.
2: Yeah, she, she's she got a stack of them right now. She's
1: got... <laughs> oh, yeah. So,
2: if anybody needs pretzels, my toddler, can, she can hook you up.
1: Excellent. Um, and last but not least, we have Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin?
3: It is going well, Chris. And, and Lillian, I'm just wondering <laughs> if there's any chance there are gluten-free pretzels as well.
2: I wish. Unfortunately, these are all glutinous.
3: Ah, uh, I can't do it then.
2: I have custard. Custard's gluten-free.
3: Um, I don't know if I've ever had custard in my life. I've. Uh, I really don't know if I've ever had it.
1: Yeah, like I think it was a cup about a month ago. I had my yearly uh, physical, and I was told my blood sugar is too high. So I've, I've been very conscientious about um, dialing back the sugar, um, and yeah, like. We have like a, you know, like a gluten-free uh, section at the at the local uh, IGA. And uh, surprisingly, a lot of those using air quotes healthy cereals have more sugar than a regular cereal. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: anything that also says low-fat, half the time like a low-fat yogurt has twice the sugar that there will be in a regular thing of yogurt. So like
1: yeah yeah it's it's crazy like you know when you start actually like looking at sugar and and you know actually reading the nutrition facts on things how how much how many things have sugar and just how much sugar these things have like it's crazy
3: do you guys have so we have um the fda the food and drug administration here in the states and in theory they provide certain regulations for what a uh, product can be called healthy or diet or fat free or gluten free or whatever. Yeah. Is there a similar organization in Canada? Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, yeah we have the, the the version of that. Yeah. Okay. So they um in ours something can be labeled gluten free even if there's gluten in it as long as it's a certain uh, under a certain amount of uh, parts per million or whatever. Yeah. That's also per serving size. Yeah. So when I get something, a drink, that was supposed to be a gluten-free thing, and for the serving size it is, but the serving is not an actual glass. So I probably have, like, three servings in that glass anyways. Yep. And that parts per million is not times three. And it hit me, like, immediately. <laughs>
2: But yep. portions are a big thing because a lot of them they can get away with saying something on the label. But if you read the actual portion size, it's like yeah. impossible. Like nobody yep. eats just six Pringles. Like, come yeah, on. No, yeah. So when a serving size is per crumb and the amount of something that I it kills me when I see on the label where it says, you know, peanut free or nut free but then it may contain nuts because it's made in the same facility where it's mass-produced, so they can't 100% guarantee it's not going to cross-contaminate with something. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a really, really sensitive tummy, or, like, my husband's allergic to nuts. He's allergic to all the fun nuts, I like to say. Um, (laughs) But not to the point, like, severe anaphylaxis, but he Mm. he would notice if he had it. So when we see that, we're like, do we risk it? Is this worth risking it? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, and and sometimes
3: it's... You know, you kind of want to say, uh, it I'll treat myself. It's yep. a holiday. It's you know a, a family event, whatever. but yeah, i'm I'm absolutely at the point of it's not worth feeling sick. yep, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: I did like I, I I talked on the podcast uh, before previously about that magic spoon cereal that you can order online, I finally decided to bite the bullet and try it, because it's got no sugar in it. Uh, the only problem is that by the time you add shipping and, you know, the U.S., because it's shipping from the U.S., so you gotta, you got international shipping, and then you got the U.S.-Canadian dollar conversion, it works out to about $11 a box. Boom. Um, so yeah, I'm like mm. but then I've also quit drinking too. Not that I was, you know, like a, a big drinker to begin with, but um you know, I'm actually surprised how much money I'm saving by not, you know, buying beer anymore. Like not yeah, you know, again, not that I drank a lot, it's just
2: <laughs> I've got so much in my fridge, it just sits there waiting for me, calling to me, saying, Lily, drink me.
1: And and one of the nice things I found also is uh like i never thought i would be one of them you know drinking zero uh alcohol beers kind of guy cuz i've tried it before and i didn't like it but now i don't know if, if it's gotten better but i find budweiser zero and becks zero they're actually really good like so i can ha- enjoy the beer taste without the alcohol and they don't have sugar either so that's like a like a double win for me Um, but yeah, like it, it, it's crazy how much, well, especially like, I, I, I know in the States is alcohol is a lot cheaper, but in Canada, like, you know, like just to get a 12 pack of like, let's say uh, a 12 pack of Budweiser is like 30 bucks. Um,
3: well, your beer is better than our beer too. So
1: that, that is true. I mean, we do have some good beer up here and I got to admit like the no drinking thing, Um, I don't mind doing it. Like, I'm like, I think I must be like 80 days without a drink. Um, so like it, it, it's, it's going by no problem. It's just once in a blue moon, like I, I, I'll miss having a beer. Um, like, you know, like from, from like the tap, like, um, last weekend we went out, um, with Crystal's father and his, and his wife and, and, um, he was having a glass of beer and it was like, it was in a frosty mug. And I was like, Oh man, I missed that. But <laughs> you know, I got to think, I, you know, health wise and everything, you know, I am feeling pretty good. I, It'll
2: pay off though. Where, and, they, and at the end of that kind of once in a while moderation won't be as big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and, but I'm, I'm super glad that you're taking it seriously and looking into it. Cause I mean, it's a crazy rabbit hole to go down once you actually start looking into some of the way things are processed and how it's how much we eat.
1: Well, to be to so be so on. to be honest with you, quitting drinking is easy. Quitting sugar is hard. Like I'm yeah. I'm having a hard time, you know, like I mean, I've been drinking Diet Pop for years, so like that's not an issue for me. Um but just like say going to Dairy Queen and having a blizzard, you know, it's like Eh, you know m- maybe once a week i might have that now like but before i was like no problem i'll have you know whatever if i if we're going to dairy queen i'll get, i'll get a blizzard but now i'm thinking no that's too much sugar like i can't really do that um and then of course like you go to the grocery store and they got the chocolate bars by the checkout aisle and it's like oh man you know at least like with an alcohol you know if you if you're quitting alcohol you don't have to fit like up here in canada we um in Alberta anyway, you have to buy your alcohol in in a liquor store. It's not in the grocery store, um, except for the zero alcohol beers. Like, those are in grocery stores, but regular beer is not. So if you want to quit alcohol, you just don't go to a liquor store. Easy. But if you want to quit sugar, you still got to go to the grocery store, and it's still everywhere. All the things that, you know, I love, you know. And and giving up regular cereal, that's tough for me. Because I love Lucky Charms. Oh. I love cinnamon mm. toast crunch. Mm. Uh
2: I don't know about you but I, I grew up when like you buy like rice krispies or something and you'd put like a heaping yeah. tablespoon of sugar yeah. on it. So I mean I c I don't understand people who can just eat rice krispies without sugar on them. I'm like, this is like a mouthful of sawdust.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well it's, it's funny
2: not tasty.
1: I, I was talking to my mom about this because like really when you go down the the cereal aisle like I look up all you know all the healthy stuff like mueslix cornflakes um you know all the all the green stuff like some of those have more sugar than than uh uh, lucky charms like it's it's crazy well
2: especially when you look at how um so carbs break down into sugar in your system as well yeah so i mean anyone i know who's diabetic they have to watch how much carb how many carbs they eat just because that also breaks down in in, in differently in your system yeah so i mean pretty yeah. the science is pretty awesome actually it is it is
1: and uh but yeah like anyway i was, I was gonna say the only cereal on the cereal aisle that I found that has absolutely no sugar is shredded wheat. And Which is so good. Yeah, actually, I don't mind it. That's what I've been eating, and and I'm still waiting for my magic spoon cereal to come in. Um, so that's what I'm eating for breakfast. You um, have to
2: let us know how it goes. We need your honest like
1: opinion
2: <laughs> out of five because I see those ads all the time, and I'm like, Yeah, I know. Are you edible or is this a trap?
1: Well, the reason why I decided to pull the trigger is I, my friend Lisa um, was t- uh, posting on Facebook about it. She bought some because she's, um, you know, she doesn't drink. She doesn't, you know, she's cutting down on her sugars, all that kind of stuff, kind of like me. And she's done it before. Um, so And she was just raving about the, the Fruit Loop version of Magic Spoon. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And because she shared the link or whatever, I got like a 20% off anyway so i was like "Ah, eh, what the hell i'll try it but anyway here i am rambling on um and we haven't even started talking it's about okay. geek it's news. really
2: important because you know what health is super important for nerds and geeks yeah. they all <laughs> need health information and you know what if they can get it from us boom, we win
0: mm-hmm.
1: but i will say if I go, like, the next uh, con I go to, the next convention, if that cereal truck is there, I'm still going to go there for at least one of my meals. Because that was is awesome. Life about
2: those moments. Yes. I do not want to, like, restrict.
1: Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, first up, I, you know, I don't know if we should start an, an in-memoriam segment at the beginning of... of uh, these episodes, because it seems like someone dies between As episodes. As of late,
2: we seem to have to, because someone keeps dying.
1: Yeah, and this this one really shocked me, and it's uh, Ray Liotta. Uh, he, di- he died, he was 67 years old, and the, the last I heard, I, d- I don't know if they've actually come up with a cause of death, but he just died in his sleep, so I'm assuming it must have been like a heart attack, or something to that effect. Um, but that just you know I and it's funny you don't realize until someone's gone just how much you admire their work like Ray, Ray Liotta is probably one like I've come to the realization like he's one of my favorite actors because I love all his movies pretty much I imagine there's a few that I don't like but you know Field of Dreams is one of my favorite movies of all time um Goodfellas one of my favorite movies of all time and Most recently, uh, The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, Not one of my favorite movies of all time, but I loved Ray Liotta in it. I thought he made a really fine addition to The Sopranos uh, universe. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know. And he was probably involved in the most cringiest scene, in in my opinion, in movie history. And that's in the movie Hannibal, when Hannibal starts cutting his brain and feeding it to him. Yeah, that I just remembered. Like I like, it's funny. I can watch like a Freddy Krueger movie. I can watch uh, Jason, and that doesn't bother me. But that really bothered me when I when I first saw that. Oof. But so good, so good. Uh, Kevin, w- what are your thoughts on uh, Ray Liotta and his passing?
3: So I was listening to uh, another podcast uh, talk about him. Um, earlier today, actually, I didn't realize um it was uh Goodfellas, I believe mm-hmm. was like his third or fourth movie yep, and he's hanging alongside all of them yep like that's that's not just learning acting that's something innate in you as well. yep to be that good with that little experience technically. Under you, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, Field Dreams is always is, is the big one, of course. You know, uh, as people are going through credits, there's more than I realized that I had seen. Um, but you're right; just absolutely shocking, though. Um, I, I, I don't know. Apologies if you said I don't think you did. If it was recording a movie or just vacation or what it was.
2: He was on set for a movie.
3: It was a movie? Okay. Yep. But, um, to just, you know, no, I, I, there, there's been, as Chris said, there's been enough deaths for stuff lately that mm-hmm. someone being able to, some of them that are so expected. And then, you know, okay, it's expected. We've seen this coming for a while and passing your, you know, the person passes in their sleep or whatever. It's like, yep. you know, the the way the way we would all want. And we've had a few of those too. And in a way he, other than it being a surprise, he kind of got that. But it was a surprise to all of us. But look at how many celebrities we've had in the last couple of years that their family knew that they've had a long-term illness, but they didn't mm-hmm. feel the need to be public about it at all. Yeah. I mean, I would think for a movie set, they would know because I, uh, from different uh, interviews I've heard with people, you know, Oh, uh, I had to be medically cleared before I was able to film this movie because of the insurance that the movie company puts on it. So I got to imagine if he had something going on, he wouldn't have been allowed to yeah. be there filming. <clears throat> And who knows? Like I mean, like I
1: said, like uh, you know, so, celebrities aren't uh, immune to the to the things that we are. Like you know, you hear you know people having heart attacks, and like Kevin Smith, for example, like his I can't remember his type of heart attack was called the Widowmaker because basically, yeah, if he hadn't went his, to the his hospital, his was a heart
2: attack though. His was a heart. He had a clog. He had his his um. His his uh, aorta was almost entirely clogged.
1: Oh, okay. But yeah, like whatever he had, it was called the Widowmaker, and basically, if he hadn't got it dealt with that night, he would have died. Um. So you know, like, yeah, it it can come at any time, really. Um. But yeah, someone like you know Ray Liotta, he's so vibrant, um. I figured he'd live, you know, to, you know, he'd be like Clint Eastwood. Like, he'd still be making movies into his 90s. But,
3: unfortunately. Well, that's the thing. Like, because he's been around seemingly for so long in in so many things, Mm -hmm. I also thought he was a bit older, too.
1: Uh, Well, I knew
3: he was, like, around
1: my dad's age. My dad's 62, going to be 63. So I knew he was a little bit older than my dad. So, um, so you know, so I I, I was kind of shocked because like I knew he was close to my dad's age, and um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. But on you know, speaking of Field of Dreams, I'll kind of segue this into uh, something more positive. Um, his co-star from Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner. Uh, it was announced yesterday that he is to be the parade marshal at the 2022 Calgary Stampede, um, which I believe begins July 8th this year. Um,
2: my little brother once was um, a bouncer at the Stampede, and I guess Kevin Costner's band was playing, and my brother was telling off some drunk douche about <laughs> coming through or something. And my brother messaged me. He's like, Lil. I'm like, you can't get through if you don't have a pass. And this guy's like, do you know who this is? And I'm like, I don't care. And he's like, Lil, I was yelling at Kevin Costner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah, no. Like, he...
2: Right, he sings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, his band will be playing at the Stampede too. Like, I think they're playing like on the Stan- at the stampede grounds. Like, I think they're playing like at the free stage, like where people can go. Um so that's, that's kind of cool. But yeah, him being a parade marshal, like, I mean, it just, you know, with, you know, the success of Yellowstone and really where Yellowstone takes place is only like a four hour, or five hour drive from Calgary. And I, I mean, Calgary even got mentioned at least once in Yellowstone when they talked about the stampede on the show. So that that's pretty cool. I love Kevin Costner. You know, like, like Ray Liotta, he's one of my favorite actors. He really is. Um, so I, unfortunately I have to work that weekend. So I, I was at, I, when I had heard this, I was actually thinking, maybe I'll go down to the stampede cause I've never been there myself. Um, not that I got, you know, like anything against rodeos or anything. Like I, I actually like rodeos. I just have never went to the Calgary stampede cause it's so, cr- it's so big. It's so crazy. It's like, it's ca- you know, it's like the San Diego comic-con of rodeos in, ca- in Canada um, and it it's just too many people. And I, and I know it's hard to get rooms and I know like it's so congested down at Stampede Park during that time. Like I just, eh. but I was actually thinking about it. Like when I heard Kevin Costner, like maybe I'll go watch the parade, but unfortunately I got to work. So, but, uh, uh, Lillian, what are your thoughts about, uh, Costner being the parade marshal? I actually,
2: I mean, I, uh... I love Kevin Costner. It's your guys' fault that I have watched all of Yellowstone. Nice. Um, actually, wait, no. I think I'm a couple episodes behind, but I will catch up on that eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like, I think it's awesome. Any, I mean, I haven't ever been to a Stampede because it's too big for my tastes and mm-hmm. scary. Yep. But I have friends who go and love it every year. But I think it's awesome. Um, I just, yeah, pretty. It's, bring it on.
0: Yep.
1: Bring all
2: the celebrities to the Stampede.
1: Yep. And, Kevin, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And have you heard of the Calgary Stampede prior to this?
3: Well, I mean, I've heard of Calgary Stampede thanks to the Hart family. Mm, mm -hmm. And taking, you know, the Stampede wrestling name, you know, I got to imagine that's tied in there for it. Oh, absolutely. Um, But I I really didn't realize... You know, there there are a couple things in here. Like when you said it's like going to San Diego Comic Con, that really put it into perspective for me because I'm thinking of it as like uh, what we'll call a county fair here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got thousands of people, but it's kind of isolated to you know those in the community. But you're talking about you know much more than that. Oh yeah. And I didn't I, I didn't know Kevin Costner had a band either, so I, I learned something new tonight. <laughs> yeah, he.
1: Um. Well, his band's been around for a while, but I remember back. I think it was two thousand and nine. Um, we had a big storm here. Like we have a uh, like a there's a country music concert outdoor concert called Big Valley Jamboree, um, and it's by a, a city called Camrose. And anyway, one year they had like this really bad windstorm and it knocked over the stage and and some people died and it was really bad and kevin costner's band um was playing that weekend and i think like their show got canceled because of what happened and all that he actually came back like a few weeks later and held a benefit concert to help uh you know support the families you know who lost loved ones at uh, at big valley So, like, he's just a class act through and through. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I had no plans of going to the Stampede, but, and I still don't, but I actually debated it because just based on Kevin Costner, he's, you know, such a great guy. And yeah, like the Stampede itself is like, yeah, the biggest, they call it, they call it the biggest outdoor show on earth, I think, or something like that. Um, It's definitely the biggest rodeo in Canada. And, like, they have, uh, you know, cowboys from all over the continent showing up. I think they even have some from Australia coming to this thing. Um, Because of the prize money. Like, it's so huge. Um, Like, I've talked about the Calgary Comic Expo. And that they actually hold that at Stampede Park as well. But we like at the Calgary Comic Con, I bet you it only takes up like not even half of the capabilities of that area. Like like it's like the Stampede is just so huge. Um I just yeah. That, that that's the reason why I don't go cuz I don't really like big crowds and and all that kind of stuff, but it it is it is pretty awesome though that, that we have something like that. Um all right, so go- going back to uh, sad news, this not so much sad, this is uh, disappointing, I guess. Um, the actress Moses Ingram, who is currently playing the third sister on Obi-Wan Kenobi, apparently has been receiving racist comments from supposed Star yeah, Wars Ewan fans. Yeah, Ewan
2: McGregor, um, did you see the video he posted? Yeah,
1: I've see. I, I seen it on Entertainment Tonight Canada. That, yeah, he posted a video and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, like it's definitely a small uh, minority of a-holes in the Star Wars community. I like, I haven't read the comments myself, so I can't, uh, I, I, well, I wouldn't repeat what they said anyway, but. I, I don't I can only assume because she's an African. When well, you think actress. that it's, even if
2: it's a small minority, like that small minority it's... is thousands of people.
1: And, and yeah, it's sad that you know. And it's
2: it... not just her that's getting hate. They're like um the girl who was the little girl who was playing Leia.
0: Yes. Um, yep. as
2: being as well, so like I saw a thing that was like they talked the kid who played Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, they Jake bullied Lloyd, yep. him out of acting. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, this this is this isn't a, a new thing to Star Wars. Yeah, there's Jake Lloyd. He got bullied. Um, Jar Jar, um, uh, blanking on the actor's name. Ahmed Best. But
2: Jar Jar, was a special, <coughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah, he got bullied to the point like he actually uh, contemplated suicide, and that's so sad. And um, the the actress from Last Jedi, uh, Tico. Um, Oh, I can't remember her her name. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Yes, Kelly Marie Tran. Why did I say mm-hmm. Tico? Wow. Is
2: that,
1: Rose Tico? That's her. That's her character's name. Sorry. Um, yeah, she. You know, got got a lot of hate on and racist comments, and it's like, guys, it's twenty twenty two. Like, we gotta stop this shit. Like enough.
2: People are so quick to snap though. Like it's funny when we were doing our doctor strange podcast, I made a comment about the boys and their ice cream song. Right. And how bad the ice cream song was. Yeah. And I was actually talking to um, the mom of one of the boys and Mm -hmm. I didn't know how viral and how much like how much hate those kids were getting over that song. And Danny Elfman wrote that song. Um and so they it was huh. in the script and it wasn't yeah. actually something where they were just ad living. This this dumb little song was actually written in for them and apparently they weren't they were like, Okay, this is you know, whatever. But she was telling me like it's all over and I ended up going on TikTok and typing in Doctor Strange ice cream song and it is thousands of videos, so many thousands of videos. Same with Instagram. And I'm like, they're kids. Yeah. They're they're just little kids. Like a thirteen-year-old doesn't need this, but that's, I guess, what you, where you sign up when you become famous. But well,
3: sorry. the point of that was that it wouldn't sound good. It's supposed to sound something like something that two kids made up to be goofy and like and two something minutes.
2: that a mom can only love. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, they're it's getting like yachts. But I mean, anyone listening to this, don't be a jerk online and leave children alone. If they're under the age, I think, of thirty, leave them alone. <laughs>
1: You know what? Something I don't understand, and this is like I I used to think that the geek community was very and you know like we were very welcoming, because, you know like, like for my like myself, like I don't like I'll use this as an example like I don't know, you know the struggles that a gay person goes through because I'm not gay, but being a geek, I can I think I can sympathize because I was bullied, for you know, liking comic books, I was bullied for liking Star Trek. And I, you know, I used to go to school wearing my Star Trek t-shirt. Um, and I, you know, I got made fun of because of that. And so like, I, I really think as a geek, I can sympathize with, you know, um, you know, minority groups being bullied and stuff. And as a geek, you know, I can I can sympathize, and I would never do that to to someone else because I know what it's like. So it just it just blows my mind that start you know there are you know using air quotes Star Wars fans out there doing this. You know, the,
2: then it really comes down to culture and creation, <clears throat> like what your family environment. Because if you were taught to think about others' feelings. Mm-hmm. then you genuinely wouldn't do that. So really I believe that our nerd community is pretty amazing and accepting because a yeah, lot of us too. are yeah. you know special or we've had issues with bullying. So I mean the the ones that are the ones out there I, I swear it's they they're I don't want to say like they're not they've never had those experiences. So maybe they're Star Wars fans but they've never been made fun of for being that way like it's not a part of their core being and i think at the end of the day if a person can't understand what it feels like to be on the receiving end there is no way they can understand that their words on the internet actually make a difference yeah or i'm just making excuses for them being terrible people so really
1: no i, I think i think you're onto something lillian i i you know and you know that might be true like
2: Yeah, like, I don't know. Kids don't know any better. (laughs) Kids say things and you're like, that's a really hurtful comment. And you need to think about how the other person is feeling, even though you're upset or you might not like it. But I think if you're kids, it's just like that, where you say something and you don't think of the repercussions on the other end. So whereas we talk to a kid and we try and teach them to come at it from a different angle. Not everyone, I guess, got that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like. Certain people for geek communities and and Star Wars has a lot of terrible ones in it. Just that they're so vocal. Mm. But you see, you know, a, a list of actors that they've bullied and harassed and everything. Um But you had for years uh they were kind of in a bubble with stuff. Yeah. I like Star Wars and I and I like these three movies. And there's nothing else here. And I think these are perfect and everyone else can shut up. And yep. then they get into, you know, the novels and the games and the minutia of stuff. Well, all right, um, that's great. But Star Wars wasn't considered to be this huge IP when we just had, you know, some novels coming out a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to make it something, we need... To appeal to hundreds of millions of people around the world. It's not about you completely. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we still want this audience, but we need uh, the rest of the audience, too. And if we only cater to this tiny little niche group, then it's going to go away because there's only so many of you and you can only spend so much money. But then it becomes the, okay, but Star Wars is, quote, mine, so you have to do what I want. No, we're trying to do what's best for a global audience here. Well, but I don't think this girl's pretty, or I don't like this person's looks, or their gender, or their sexual preference, or whatever. Okay, well, you're not one of the people making this movie. Yeah. You're not working for Disney, or Star Wars, or whatever. You're not... Aware of all the thousands of moving pieces it takes to get this done, shut up. Yep. <laughs> like it's not about you. And yep. you see it all the time. And the and the worst is the ones that, you know, I, I made a joke for it earlier, but the worst is the ones that are like, well, I don't, I don't find this woman attractive. Guess what, buddy? She probably doesn't find you attractive <laughs> either. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> really not the point here. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the Star Wars that Star Wars sub-community is, I think, one of the most toxic ones in all geek communities. The Star Wars ones just attack. And yeah. we've seen it so many times. And and now you got people like, hey, I've seen you do it before, you're not doing it again. You ruined Jake Lloyd, you're not going to ruin this little girl here. Yeah, no doubt. Just shut up and enjoy the show.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, yeah, I just I never got that. Like that, like Jar Jar, for example. I was not a fan of Jar Jar, but I don't blame the actor for that. I think he did the best with what he was given. I blame George Lucas for Jar Jar because he created him. He wrote his lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I blame like guys like Rick McCollum. I think that was his name. He was like the. George Luke's George Lucas's right-hand man for not pulling George to the side and saying, George, you know, this character's not really... You know, like, don't go... You're, you you don't do comedy, George. You're not a comedy guy. Don't don't try and put a comedic character in, into Star Wars, into a movie called Star Wars. Like, mm. I don't know. Like, I don't blame Ahmed Best. I would never wish ill on, on him. I think he did... He was perfectly fine. For what he had to work with but I, I guess some people can't differentiate between you know uh what a, a character and you know the actor but yeah i just find it sad yeah that port that i think that little girl that plays princess leia is amazing um she's you know she's so good i think and uh and uh 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 what the 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 actress there the uh, third uh, Moses Ingram I think she's amazing as the third sister um you know she scares the hell out of me I know I wouldn't want to you know meet that character um and she's supposed to be intimidating and that really comes across on the show like I think she's fantastic um but anyway moving on uh Re- recently, uh, the Andor and Willow trailers dropped. Um, so I just wanted your guys' thoughts on this. I, I,
2: I, I screamed at yeah, the Willow trailer. At the Willow I trailer, I screamed, and at the announcement that uh, Val Kilmer's character is coming back, and I oh, screamed yeah. again. So <laughs> I'm I, beyond
1: excited. It's funny. Like I, I, I watched Willow when I was a kid. I haven't watched it since. I know, like my wife really loves it. Um, but I actually was kind of excited about Willow. Like, I to me, even though like like I said, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But it like I'm gonna watch it. I think you know I I really love that they got Warwick Davis back because I love Warwick Davis. Um, he had a show on HBO a few years ago uh, with um, it was it was a comedy show. It was kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, but like from Warwick Davis's perspective, like um and it was funny, you know. Uh Ricky Gervais was on it and I know Johnny Depp did a did a scene which was really funny. Um so anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to it. and and Andor. I had no idea what this like I didn't realize this was based on like that character from Rogue One cuz I kind of I didn't know his name. <laughs> like I don't mean like I didn't hate Rogue One, but um I've only seen it like once or twice and uh, it was good, but um, you know all the characters died. So I was like, I and I, I I can't even remember what Felicity, uh, oh, what's her name? The actress Felicity, uh oh, not Jones. Anyway, the the main actress from Rogue One, I can't even remember her character's name. Um. So anyway, when this when Andor was, uh, I heard about it. Like, I had no expectations whatsoever. But just based on it the... It was tr- Jones,
2: Felicity Jones.
1: Felic- is it Felicity Jones? Okay. It is Felicity Jones. Um, so, yeah, like, so Andor is that, that guy from that movie. Like, he's, like, the guy uh, that she dies with at the end. Um, and this is, I guess, the beginning of the Rebellion. To me, this looks fantastic. You know, especially that actress who plays Mon Mothma, um... Cause she was in Rogue One, and she was in that deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith. It's the same actress, um, and we're gonna see Coruscant again. Um, yeah, I think it looks great. I, I, I'm I'm had no, had nothing, no expectations, but give me a you know a, a spy thriller set in the the Imperial, you know years of of uh, Star Wars, and yeah, I'm sold. Um, Kevin, what what's your thoughts on? Andor and or in, in the Willow trailer.
3: So Willow, I, I it's funny because I just mentioned about toxic fans. I don't mean this to sound rude, but there were a lot of people in that trailer I did not know were still alive. Like, if, if, oh, if
2: dear I... Dear God, I love you so much.
3: If if I knew the Willow series was coming, but I guess I never like really thought of the actors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, we're going to redo Willow. It's been 30 years, 35 years, whatever. And, it was like, Warwick Davis especially. I was like, holy shit, he's still he alive. He does not
2: age. He do, he is, he's been in everything. If there's a movie, he's been in it where he's the little person.
3: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, I, I, again, like, I, it's going to sound horrible, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but I thought, as a little person, he like did a lot. Time...
2: Less of a life expectancy. Y- yes. he's only fifty-two.
3: He's only fifty-two. How old he's was a... he when he did everything before?
2: He was he... born in nineteen seventy.
3: Yeah, he he was.
2: Will came out when he was eighteen when he did Willow.
1: Yeah, and he was just a a teenager when he did uh, Return of the
3: Jedi. Because he that's was... what I was. Okay, so okay, so I didn't realize he was a teenager for those then. Yep. I just assume he was older then. See,
2: Return of the Jedi came out in
3: 1983,
2: so he was 13. <clears throat> yep. Dude.
3: That's crazy.
2: Yep. I just love him so much. But but and I mean, the, and then uh, when well, he, he reached that age, he, he just never. hasn't done much. Well, he,
1: he he like I said, he was in that HBO series, which is they only did one season, but it was funny. I I I thought he was fantastic in it. Um, but yeah, like he's just one of those actors that he hit a certain age and then just stayed there. Um,
2: we were talking about, um, Paul Rudd. He did the same yeah. thing. I swear he's yep. aging backwards.
1: Yep. Yeah. Did you guys, have you guys seen that, uh, meme where they show, like they use the aging app on all the Avengers and that, you know, side and by Paul side. the
3: same. Yeah. Paul Rudd's is the same. Yeah. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I mean, Paul, Paul Rudd definitely has many paintings and many attics. Yeah,
2: yep, he's our regular little Dorian Gray. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, for the Andor one, like I, I thought I don't care about Andor. I don't care about the story. You know, like maybe maybe this is the one I skip. Here, mm-hmm. there's only so much time in the day. And I see the trailer and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, got me. But, but I mean, like I'm I'm a Marvel zombie for stuff. So if it's Marvel, I'm gonna watch it either way. I don't debate it. Yeah, but that's gotta be how certain people feel about Marvel. Oh, I'll skip this one, and then they see a trailer for it and go, well, well I guess not. <laughs> I guess I'll I'll be there for the you know first episodes dropping for this one too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. Um. And the a- I don't know the actor's name, but he's the actor who played Kyburn in Game Game of Thrones. Um, he was also on a season of the crown as well. I like that actor. And he plays one of the like head imperials. He's like the the one at the end of the table in the white uniform. So I'm like, right there I'm sold. You know, I love that actor. He's he's fantastic in everything he does. Um you know, I didn't like the last couple seasons of Game Which of Thrones. One? Uh the guy who played Kyburn, he was like the Cersei's right-hand man in the last few seasons. Um, he's huh. he's like the head Imperial guy. Like when they show like, that table of Imperials, he's the guy in the white, uh. white uniform at the end. Yeah. So he's one of those guys that when he's in something, I usually like it. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Um, I, I'm still waiting for Charles Dance, you know, uh, Tywin Lannister, to show up as an Imperial in something, so maybe you know he'll show up at some point, but
2: I have no clue who you're talking about. Yeah. But I'll probably end up googling it.
1: Yeah, he played Tywin Lannister. He's like, like yeah, the head of the Lannister family. He's the one that got killed on uh, Tyrion kills him on the toilet. I,
2: no, I know who Tywin Lannister is.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, but Kyburn, okay. yeah, Kyburn is uh, he becomes the master of whispers. Uh, when when Varys disappears with Tyrion, um, he's the guy that brought the the mountain back to life, and turned him into like a zombie tank. But anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then I got a couple of comic book related things. Um, both Conan the Barbarian and Joe Casada are leaving Marvel. Uh, <laughs> what? Where's Conan going? Um, I honestly don't Conan know. Complicated. Yeah, like, like Marvel. Uh, I want to say it was 2018 when Conan came back to Marvel, and I yeah. really enjoyed it. Jason Aaron did a fantastic run on Conan the Barbarian, and I want to say uh, Jerry Dugan did some. And oh, I can't remember the other writer. They were writing Savage Sword of Conan for a while and Conan the Barbarian. Um, Like, Marvel is, in my opinion, is the best place for Conan. Because, like, I mean, I grew up with the old Marvel Conan magazines. I still love those. Um, But I guess Marvel... I'm not exactly sure why Marvel didn't
3: get the contract. Marvel got it back. It was a, a Dark Horse, I think, for like near twenty years. Yep. <clears throat> um they got it back, they did uh a few new series for Conan, they even did Savage Avengers, which yep. is uh Avengers team with Conan in it. Yep. Um Conan is public domain elsewhere in the world though. Mm. It's only a contract deal in the US still. So oh, okay. the company that owns the rights, the, the Robert E. Howard estate or whatever, their thought is, let's try to bring everything in-house. Conan, Cole, Solomon Kane, Red Sonia, all of that. Let's try to bring it all in-house and try to do the comics and stuff as a package, or mm-hmm. the media or movies <clears throat> or whatever, as our, our little like shared universe thing here. And we will decide later who we're going to give the rights to for these things. Oh, okay. So they kind of pulling everything to figure out what they're going to do. It's possible Marvel gets it back and can do more with it. It's possible they go back to Dark Horse. Um, hmm. And all the stuff that people do in other countries, they're bringing over here, but they got to call it something other than Conan. Yeah, they call Conan.
1: it the one that's most the popular Sumerian, is Sumerian, uh,
3: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, And uh, Dynamite's had Red Sonya forever, Mm -hmm. and they do all sorts of experimenting with that. If you want, like, the chainmail bikini one, it's called one title. Mm -hmm. If you want, like, a more up-to-date, like, um, you know, not a, uh, you know, afraid to sneeze in it costume for a woman there. Yeah. they have a different version of Red Sonja that's like more covered, more protected, more, you know, aware yep. of herself, I guess. Yeah. Um and then they've they did a a verse where it was like different versions of Red Sonja of these warrior women that they've done offshoots for, which they would probably own that even though it's based on a pre-existing character at this point. I they I would imagine they would own that stuff. Mhm. But all right, so if Dynamite could make a play for Conan and break Conan into that stuff, Solomon Kane's grossly underrated, and uh, you know more people should do stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Cole and some of these other characters are seen as like Conan ripoffs, and they are, but they came from the same world though, so it can be seen as more partnership than knockoff. So there's a there's a lot you could do there, and I think they're just kind of. I I think the company that owns it saw too much money that they were leaving on the table, so that's why they want to pull it and redo everything. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so I guess um, the current King Conan series is going to be the last. But it's weird because they just did a relaunch of Savage Avengers, uh, or a new creative team or something, and Conan's still in it. So it's like, I don't know how that's going to play out.
3: But, but he's not—he's in it, but he's technically not the title character for it. That is true. Yeah. So I—I—I. I, 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 so maybe I they could tell you. Them? They're sm- maybe they're probably smarter with the rights now because there was something said like, <clears throat> "Hey, we can." St- like, uh, even though where Marvel doesn't have the rights currently, um, they can still do whatever they want with stuff they've already done. Yeah. So I was thinking that, Matt, okay, you can still do the reprints. But maybe it means, hey, you can still continue with these titles until something else happens.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
3: But how much are you going to want to continue with the title for a character you don't own, though? Yeah. Like, eventually, that yeah, doesn't make sense. But when uh, when Dark Horse had the Conan stuff for a while, Marvel couldn't republish what they had made. Like, Dark Horse was able to republish some of it. Yeah. But Marvel couldn't do it, even though they were the ones that did it. And uh, the funny thing was random um, offshoot stuff they couldn't do. Like, there was an issue of What If, where uh, Conan and Wolverine switch places. So, Conan's in the modern day, and Wolverine is sent back to the Crimean, Crimean Age, whatever there. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't reprint it because they didn't own Conan at the time, and Dark Horse had Conan, but they damn sure didn't have Wolverine, so that, I guess you just kind of sat there for years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how oh, oh, it's all going to play out. But yeah, and also, like I was saying, Joe Quesada is, I guess, quit Marvel, which, yeah. you know, it is an end of, end of an era. Like, he's the kind of the guy that rejuvenated... You know the Marvel line in in the late '90s. He's the guy you know that brought in Kevin Smith and and uh, Brian Michael Bendis and you know those kind of creators to Marvel. Um. So yeah, the, you know it's the, it's it's the end of an era, I guess. Even though like he hasn't really been doing much, you know, except for you know, executive stuff, I guess. But as
3: far as right. I know, He's been He's been the editor-in-chief for a while. Yeah. And that doesn't leave any time to write anything. And it leaves him, like, you know, a couple times a year he can do a cover or a charity or, you know, whatever it might be. He'll have a new cover sneak out there. Yep. Um, But, I mean, he's been doing that at least 20 years and had the Marvel Knights beforehand. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we, we were talking about this comic store today. Like, okay, what does Joe Quesada do next? He could certainly retire. Yep. Um, I'm sure he's made enough doing all of this. But the interesting thing is his former running mate there, Jimmy Palmiotti, mm-hmm. which they did event comics. So they did Ash and Painkiller Jane. Um, Jimmy Palmiotti is one of the ones doing this uh, Substack stuff and Kickstarters and all. And pretty much like, I'm going to put out the comics myself and not through a company. Oh, okay. And so you can sub- to my site and you know uh, get issues for free or get different covers or get exclusives or get you know to buy it before anyone else can and uh, i mean he still does work for you know bigger companies but a lot his creator own stuff he's just doing on his own for it he'll crowdfund or or do subscriptions and put it out that way mm-hmm well, if he wanted to team up with Quesada again and revisit, you know, Ash and Painkiller Jane or brand new characters, that would really cause more money, more tension to go towards these creator-owned methods of distribution. Mm-hmm. So you could really have, you know, some energy there and excitement there of, oh, what's this new product? How are we doing it? Now, I personally, I'm not subscribing to anyone's stuff. I will support a Kickstarter or two during the year. Yep. You know, the, for people I, I really like or I've you know gotten to know online or whatever. But uh, one of the guys at the shop, he does uh, James Tinian's um, Substack, his uh, email subscription service thing. It's seven dollars a month. Mm-hmm. But right now, he has three comics that are up there. So three times in a month, you get a brand new James Tinian written comic sent to your inbox for you to read digitally. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, they might print it out or whatever. And because you're a a subscriber to it, you'll get first crack, something like that. So he's got a few he subscribes to in this. And, you know, instead of a a newsletter for someone, you get a digital issue of their new comic. That's not bad. Mm -hmm. Well, he's buying one of them today in physical form. Like, so it was done online. And then, you know, whatever publisher, Dark Horse Image, you know, whoever, got the rights to print it physically as well Mm -hmm. a year later. So he's buying that too. I'm like, so you've bought this twice. Mm -hmm. You got the digital one so you could read it then. Yep. And the whole point of him, of it being done that way was to skip the distributors and go right to the fans. But now you're still buying it when it's in physical form here. Yep. So really you've given this guy money twice for the same work, whatever. Yep.
0: Um,
1: I, I'll admit then, I've been I've been guilty of that myself like you know yeah. if I buy some digitally and it's like I really would like a physical copy just in case
3: well and I'm wondering for Quesada um, how much money would Warner Brothers have to dump in his lap to be like take over DC for five years oh that'd be amazing I mean he's yep. got to be burnt out from Marvel like, he's going to get at least a year off. But after yep. a year, when that itch comes back, like, how much money would it take to say, just do what you did for Marvel, whole line, go nuts? Yep.
1: Yeah, they definitely need something, I think. Something. Yeah. Help reinvigorate the company. Um. All right, well, last but not least, on, on, on my news end... Um, speaking of digital, Comixology in the States no longer has a storefront, apparently. Um, I don't know if it's as of now, or if it's going to be in the not-too-distant future, but apparently to order books from Comixology in the States, you have to order them through the Amazon UK site?
3: Um. You, You gotta go through Amazon,
1: yeah. So basically you you know like now you guys are just getting screwed over like we got screwed over during this whole this whole comicsology relaunch back in what was it february um because yeah like i can't i can't buy comics through comicsology anymore i have to buy them through the kindle store and it sucks it really makes buying comics a hundred times harder than it used to be I really don't understand what comics, or like what Amazon's doing with Comixology. It's like you had a platform that worked, and you know, like if it's not broken, why why try and fix it? I I don't get it. Um, I mean, if anything, I mean, I've saved a lot of money because now, like Comicsology sales, like every week I'd check them out and then be like, mm, okay, well that's only five dollars, you know. I'll, I'll pick that up and I'll pick that up and I'll pick that up. And eventually I end up spending a lot of money. Um, but I get a lot of content though. But now, uh, Kindle, the, the only nice thing I will say about it is sometimes new comic books are cheaper on Kindle. Um, like, like say, uh, three 99 book I can get for like $3 and 15 cents. So I save some money. Um, but other than that, like, it's a pain in the ass. And now it sounds like they're doing it in the States, too. Like, now they're getting rid of their comicsology store, and now you have to go through Amazon. And then I... I it was another podcast I was listening to where they said they were looking up... They wanted to look up a Poison Ivy series, and a bunch of, like, skin creams showed up. Because you're buying okay. it through the Amazon store, right? So... When you type in Poison Ivy, it doesn't know to take you to the comic books. Um, it just takes you to stuff for Poison Ivy. So, but anyway, if anything, uh, you know, I think this will help the the comic book stores because, you know, some people are going to be, um, more inclined to go back to their store. You know, if, if it's a hassle to buy digitally, um, but, like, for me, like, I don't live near a store, so, you know, I like, in, like I'll just keep doing what I'm doing here through the Kindle store, but I know in the States, like, that's a big market to be screwing around with.
3: Yeah, there, there were people going into their comicsology app and going to read comics that they'd already purchased, and it's saying, oh, would you like to buy this now? No, I don't want to buy it now. I bought it a year ago when this app worked properly. Yep. And... I can understand Amazon buying it and thinking, "Well, we have our own digital reading app. Why would we run a second one?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, that's redundant." I get it, but by shutting down one before you had cleared everything on the other, you're just creating all this confusion for it. Yep.
1: Yeah, silly, but uh, and and it sucks because there's no alternative. You know, at least like. You know, if you're going to use like a comic book company, you know, like say DC, like they, you know, like there was that 5G thing that they, you know, was rumored about where, you know, they were going to reboot all the comics with, you know, younger, newer versions of the characters. And um, they say that's why Dan DeDio got canned because he was trying, he was pushing for that. But, the, you know, but anyway, if they did do that, if they rebooted all your, you know, Batman, Superman Justice League, all that, with different characters, you know, whatever. You don't like it. You can still go to Marvel Comics and read Marvel Comics. Comixology, you got nowhere to go. Like, there's no other digital comic book app anymore. Unless you go to the specific publishers. Like, I know Marvel's got an app. Like, there's Marvel Unlimited, which is not available in Canada. You know, I think DC still has a digital presence. Dark Horse. But then... You're 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 gonna miss out, right? Like on on something because it's not all in one place. So anyway, I don't know. I just sh- I just shake my head. Comment, you know, they really screwed up. But anyway, did uh, either of you have any other news before we move on to our brain candy segment? All right. So let's move Uh the Oops. only thing I wanted Sorry, to Danny. add, uh, the
2: only one thing is that Top Gun is crushing it in the box office. Top Gun is uh amazing. What I saw in Neat Little tidbit we was talking about apparently Val Kimmer was gonna I mean, he had cancer, throat cancer, and they had to digitally put his voice back together for the movie, which I thought was huh. pretty interesting.
1: I didn't know but that. That's
2: it. Yeah.
1: Oh. That was it. So so you've seen it, you liked it?
2: No, I haven't seen it, but every people that I trust their opinions on have seen it and loved it. Um, And I've seen the reviews coming in that it was just amazing and well worth it. So I am counting down till I get to see it.
1: Yeah. um, One of my favorite YouTubers, The Critical Drinker, Um, I really, he has a really good take. Like him and I, him and I are very similar in, in what we like and don't like. And he just loved this movie. So just based on that, I want to go see it. Um, I guess the pra- mm-hmm. the practical special, you know, using air quote special effects are amazing. Like he said, like he not like he, he just recently did a video about CGI, how it's kind of ruining movies now. And whereas, like Top Gun Maverick is like not CGI, like this is real, real stunts. Well, I read an
2: article talking about the only way to get the same <clears throat> feel as the original Top Gun movie was if you actually used planes
1: yeah um yeah. so yeah i'm i'm i'd want to go see it like i'm i to be honest with you i don't think i ever watched top gun um uh, maybe <gasps> maybe when it first came out i watched it with my parents i i don't remember i know of it
2: i have watched it religiously oh, I, when i was an air cadets it was three times a year um oh my goodness yeah yeah like, that movie is it's it's an iconic gay movie. So given that it's Pride Month, if you're going to watch it,
0: watch it.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I, I'll definitely check it out. But I think I'm just going to go see this new one first, and then maybe go back and watch the original. Because um, I know my wife, she loves Top Gun, so she really wants to go see this. So I think we're going to do a movie movie day one of these one of these days. But uh, anyway, Kev, did you have any thoughts on on Top Gun?
3: I. I had absolutely no desire to see it. Like not a thing I'm a mm-hmm. fan of. Um I know my I know my dad's been super excited for it and waiting and was so mad for every time it got pushed back, you know, due to COVID. Yep. And it's just like I have no interest. But as much as it's just blowing up and so many people are going to see it, I I wonder if I should reevaluate those thoughts. Yep.
1: I I, I yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to go see it. Like I said, just based on what, what the critical drinker said, I'm, yeah, I'm sold. But, anyway, uh, let's move on to our next segment, which is brain candy. So this is a segment where we discuss things that we've been watching, reading, listening to, whatever, and we can make it a picker or a pan, and uh, and yeah, that's, that's what we do here. Uh, Lillian, what, what do you have this week for brain candy?
2: Um... It's funny. Um, on Twitter, somebody had tweeted they were like, "What's your current hyperfocus?" And I was like, "Okay." So Andrew Pryor released a new. Um, he had done an Audible book called Oracle, and it was fantastic. It was read by Joshua Jackson. Oh, okay. And it was so good, and uh, they just released part an um, Oracle, the Oracle two, and here's the thing. It's an old, it's a radio show. Like I only listen to it. I'm pacing myself. I'm only listening to it when I'm on the elliptical at the gym. So I only get to listen to it like three times a week if I make it three times a week. I'm not there tonight because I'm hanging out with you. But um, <laughs> it's so beautiful. They have an amazing cast of characters character it's not just Joshua Jackson reading it they have an entire ensemble there's sound effects it's amazing and creepy and so good it is so good and it's like it's giving me that old radio show vibes where you know you got the doors closing the sound effects like it's just it's beautiful and um, Andrew Pryor's just done a beautiful job with that Um, and so that's one of my current like I'm pacing myself but it's so good Um, And then I have been uh, watching – I ended up – it's funny. I go through moments where I have an obsession with Asian dramas. I have – they have been my life since I was 20. Before it was cool and they were on Netflix, I mm-hmm. watched them. And so there's one on on uh, Netflix right now I'm watching where it's um, it's a eSports gaming team. And the thing is, I just end up watching it and I love the clips where they have the characters fighting. And it's just so much fun because whenever I play video games, I wish I could get up front and see their like their moves the way that they're doing yeah. them. So I'm currently watching it, that k drama calling Falling Into Your Smile. And it's ridiculous and cheesy and I love it. Um, and that's aside from NCIS, which we're watching with the teenage boy still. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're watching Scorpion with the girl. And then we've been watching bull because my husband would needed something to watch when we weren't around. Um, and then then unfortunately I started watching it with it. I'm like, could you not finish the episode without (laughs) me please? And he just is like, ah, woman. So, um, that has been basically, I, I haven't, had anything else i haven't had a chance to to pick up any other books or do anything else um let me think what let me think uh we watched what did we watch recently we rented a new movie um blonde we did something we've rented something i forgot oh uh the chip and dale movie oh. We rented the chip and dale movie That is it literally so is <laughs> it's, so good. it's so much fun <laughs> Someone told me it was like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sequel and it literally Is Essentially Excellent um, Cliché, fun, it's basic The storyline is what you expect It's, But it's just fun and it's worth it And I admit A little, little creeped out By Gidget getting With the fly Um my brain does not suspend reality enough for that hmm doesn't work um nope the nope interspecies that just that does doesn't work oops <laughs> um no. Uh, We're going to be watching we're going to be watching Uncharted here uh, because we have some friends who have never seen it, even though that movie is stupid. Um, And then there was another one. Sonic 2 just landed as well that we can rent. And so we'll be watching that because my family saw it in theaters without me. But um, so far, that's about it. I mean, I haven't actually seen anything that was absolutely terrible that I'm like, this is just awful. I am not. Why am I watching this? Wait, no, I take it back. I did watch something. Oh, oh, yes. okay. I love Sally Field.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I love her to pieces. There's a movie um on Netflix that she filmed or she made. And I can't remember the name of it right now. I had to go look it up. One second, I was one second. Sally
0: it was, Oh
2: it was Doris. It was um Hello, My Name is Doris. It's actually a 2015 movie, but it just showed up on Netflix. And I had seen an ad for it, and it's basically this older woman. She's in her 60s. She's questioning her life. She ends up with a crush on this young guy at work and ends up – you know how they go through that crisis, and then she's hanging out with him, and she ends up with a bunch of young people, and they just think she's the coolest thing ever. And it was – I think in many ways it could have been a really cool movie where an older woman rediscovers that she's not dead yet,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which I'll never forget. There was a movie growing up and Lillian Gish is this wonderful actress and she, you know, there was a, there was a line in this movie she was in where someone says to her, you know, life's not yet over for me. Um, and I thought th- I, that's kind of the vibe I was thinking this movie would be, but it was the most cringy, awkward thing to watch Um, and I don't know if it's because the thought of a guy that age kissing Sally Field who's that much older or the fact she was daydreaming about it constantly it was giving me weird like we're not supposed to fetishize things. Like you don't want to like, you can't men are not candy. Like you're not supposed. like if a woman had done that, if it was a man fantasizing about a younger woman, like a 60 year old man fantasizing about a younger woman, the movie would have been entirely different, but because it was an older woman, it just, it just was weird. And I, I get it's from 2015, which I didn't know at the time. So I'm like, okay, so that's, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe the the dialogue has changed, but for Netflix to have put it out there and advertised it, I was like, this is, is a little tone deaf right now. This is just not, I don't know if anyone out there has ever watched it, message me on Twitter and let me know what you think about it. Because that movie just, I had, I had, I literally spent a few hours afterwards just sitting there still going, what did I just watch? Why did I watch this? <laughs> it was awful. Just because I don't know about you guys. Like I love older actors. They're mm-hmm. fantastic, but you're just, you don't want to see them kissing someone half their age. Which is weird. Yeah. So, but that was my pan. There otherwise. I've just been enjoying just the basic things. It's been a very basic week. So, all right.
1: Well, the weeks. the whole radio I want to hear about you guys. The whole radio drama thing, like I, I like I mentioned The Sandman from Audible, uh based on Neil Gaiman comic books. I still got to get around to listening to those cuz those are amazing. And I do, I do love a good radio drama. Um I just can't seem to find the time. Like I know I just got to like you know zone out and just listen to it. Um so I still got to do that. But for this week I have a couple things. First up is a comic book called Hulk Grand Design. Um it's written by a guy named Jim Rugg or J- Jim Ruge I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce. But this whole Grand Design comic book premise uh has all has been done previously for the fantastic four and for the x-men by different writers uh so basically what they what he does in two issues with that are 44 pages each basically he's going over the 60 year history of the hulk in you know as quickly as he can in two issues and it's so good it's so good i loved it um you know because i'm i'm a huge Hulk fan and, you know, to see him going, you know, telling the origin of the Hulk from 1962 through the eighties, through the gray Hulk era, through the professor Hulk era to, you know, world war Hulk, planet Hulk, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was just fantastic. Um, and I just recently read issue the second issue, which I didn't realize came out at the end of April. Uh, because, like I said, comicsology sucks now, so I didn't realize that... The, like, I'd read the first one, like, back in March or something. And for some reason, I thought the second... Because Amazon listed the second issue coming out in June. So, I was like, well, you know, I should see when that's coming out. And I was like, oh, it came out a month ago. Oh, this... Okay, good to know. Um, but, yeah, it, it was just fantastic. Um, you know, they... And what I like... I like, the artist... I can't remember his, the artist's name. Um, but he, you know, if you're talking like, you know, the, the gray Hulk, uh, Todd McFarlane era, you know, he, he draws the Hulk in the McFarlane style and, you know, he tries to recreate Gary Frank and Dale Keown and all these great artists. Um, and then they, sometimes they use actual, uh, pieces from the comic books or comic book covers, uh, for this retelling, it's so good. If if you're a Hulk fan, I highly suggest uh, you know this two-parter. It's called Hulk Grand Design. The first one's called Monster, and then the next one's called Madness, I think. But so it makes me want to go back and and go over the Fantastic Four and the X Men Grand Design issues um, because this Hulk one was just awesome. And last but not least, um, Obi Wan Kenobi. I I don't want to. I I don't know if you guys have watched it yet. I don't want to give out any spoilers, but this is awesome. I love this show. It you know especially today's episode that just dropped, like I was like like I I was um, giddy you know with excitement because I was seeing things that I never thought I would see, and it was amazing. Um, and it's crazy. It's only a six eight, six episode series, so we're already halfway through it. Um, but everyone's great, you know. Like they, you know, have James Earl Jones doing the voice of Darth Vader again. Um, you know, when you see him without the mask, it's Hayden Christensen. Uh, Ewan McGregor's amazing. Uh, the you know, like I said, the little actress that plays you know little Leia. She's amazing. I did not see this. You know, like, when I saw the trailers, you know, like, they showed Luke and Obi-Wan looking over Luke, you know, watching over Luke. So I assumed that it was going to be, you know, someone's going after Luke. And, you know, it's Luke he has to protect. And then they do a complete 180, and it's actually Leia that is, that Obi-Wan has to protect. Um... And, and, and it's so amazing. It's so good. And, um, there's, you know, like people, well, there's, you know, um, continuity errors. I don't think there is. I, you know, I, I just think we interpreted certain things in a certain way and that's actually not the way, um, like in, in the first Star Wars movie, like when Vader's like, I sense a presence, my, you know, the presence of my old, something I haven't felt sense and then he walks away like he ends his thought so they leave it really open-ended like when you know is was vade you know we assumed after revenge of the sith that he was referring to mustafar being you know the last place that he you know was with obi-wan kenobi but maybe it wasn't and this is you know like this series is like shoehorning this in and it's it's so awesome it fits um but anyway, that's all. I I don't want to give too much away. Um, have have you guys seen Obi One yet, by chance? Not yet. No. Lily, you haven't you? Haven't seen that yet?
2: So Lily, I think I think I walked in on Dan watching the first episode of Obi One. Honey, did I? Yep. And I think I I was doing homework and I was sitting with the TV behind me and I kept peeking over, being like. Oh, this is fun. This is pretty. Like, I haven't watched any of the new Star Wars, except for literally sitting in the living room, because we live in a tiny basement, and just peeking my head out and going, Oh, this is cool. And then my husband looking at me and going, You cannot watch this until you do it in sequence, and me arguing with him. Yeah. So, but it looks so fun, and I actually look forward to peeking around, you know, and looking at it, because it just, it feels like they found that little bit of, they got to this place where they were trying so hard with the prequels and with some of the other stories that I think they finally found this beautiful place where they can actually build a, a new story that has we, that we can all just love, you know, kind of thing, regardless of your opinions on so many things. It just looks like fun.
1: Yeah. So. I'm, I'm.
2: And Alan Tudic plays a droid. So.
1: Uh, Not. Oh, maybe in this one. I'm not sure. He does in Rogue I don't if he One. I know
2: this one because I know he's he, I know he's in Andor.
1: Yes, he is. Yeah.
2: So I'm just like I want to see. I love the droids. I just want a new droid. So.
1: Yeah. Um. It but. Looks like. Yeah, Obi Wan's. It is a lot of fun, especially this third episode. I was like, it was awesome. Like I I, I want I'm definitely going to be rewatching it, which I, which I don't do a lot. You know, like I usually watch a new episode of something and then I move on. Like like the days of going back and rewatching something, you know, I really don't do that unless I'm you know going back and rewatching an episode of TNG or Deep Space Nine or or and you know Star Trek. Um, I did do a rewatch of the Shield, but um, usually I just watch something and then I move on to the next thing. This is like first time in a long time when I'm like I I, I want to rewatch that. that. That was really good. Um, so I highly recommend it. Uh, Kevin, uh, what do you have this week for Brain Candy?
3: So my kid has, because uh, we got one scheduled for this Saturday too, um, it has been movie marathon time, especially when he realizes there's one I did not see, hmm. and then he gets all excited for it. So we did the Chippendales Rescue Rangers, which I, I kind of had to explain rescue. He's only eight. So I explained Rescue Rangers. I kind of explained, like, who framed Roger Rabbit and the idea of, you know, Toons just being actors that also live and shop and eat and whatever in Hollywood. But there was a ton of stuff he liked in that movie. He just that was hysterical. I'm picking up, like, all these background characters and even more crazy characters that Disney does not own. And just mm-hmm. thinking how the hell do they pull this off? How like how how many lawyers were involved? It was in
2: magic. This? It was it had to be magic because it Total was so good. I just want Tiger to come play with me. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh my god, there's so much in it. It's so much fun. So we did that. We did uh Batman the Killing Joke. Um mm. direct to D V D for yep. it. Now i
2: you watched that with your eight year old?
3: Okay. So <laughs> so
2: I'm trying not to judge
3: <laughs> He has been going through all of these uh, Batman YouTube videos. hmm And it's like, um, best Joker battles. So we sit down and watch it. So then they're showing the end of Killing Joke. And I was like, jeez. And so later on, after he's seen a bunch of these, so he's seen... Every fight, he's seen the deaths, he's seen all the stuff in these, like, YouTube videos. He goes, can I watch the movie? I'm like, you've practically seen the movie in these YouTube things. <laughs>
2: Just watch. He's going to be doing Flashpoint Paradox next, and he's going to be traumatized like I was after seeing
3: it. And, well, that's the thing. He's seen some of the Flashpoint stuff. On <gasps> too. So, oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, so he's seeing it out of sequence and all. I and love this know, kid. We're watching it, and I was like, okay, you've seen it all. So he's like, yeah, oh, you know, yeah, this happens to Joker. Then I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, it's violent, but mm-hmm. it's cartoon violent too, though, and it's Joker doing it. So, you know, they kind of should be the one doing it. Um, But I didn't realize how they padded it for Barbara at the beginning. Yes, yep. I remember I'm, that. I'm like, oh, God. But it's also done in a way that I knew what was being done as an adult. But he was just like, Dad, Fat Girl and Batman shouldn't be kissing. I was like, no, they shouldn't, buddy. No, they shouldn't. But it it was also, you know, the way it was done and all. He's like, that's weird, they're kissing. I'm like, yes, kissing. Yep, that is weird. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. We'll just just roll right with that word. (laughs) Yep. Um, If it wasn't for the YouTube, I don't think I would have had him do that one. And there was... uh, He wanted to do Dark Knight Returns as well. I'm like, most of this stuff is just flat out going to be over your your head. Just because it's so rooted in the 80s for a lot of of it. Yep. But for him, it's just... It's really flat out Batman. Like, he... um, uh, I don't know if you two will know what the... what it means, but um, he does a lot of stimming. Which yeah, is kind of... we're
2: all autistic, so we all do it in my okay. house, except for my husband. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know what that so is. Get...
3: It's kind of like for for him, for the way it, it is for him, it's almost like his body has so much energy
0: mm-hmm.
3: that has to come out that it comes out in kind of like taking a toy it's always the Superman toy and like running around the house with it and having like whatever happening in his head. So like it's flying around, he's moving it, he's running around the house for it and all like just to get this energy out. It's almost like that, like a fit, the Superman thing's like a fidget spinner form in a way. Yeah, okay. and you can
2: also be um. It, it's basically anything like my son has a, a vocal stim when he gets really anxious, and um, so he can make an interesting little ticking noise or a whistle. Um, it can result. You can have physical stims, um where you can like my daughter rings her hands, or I have a habit of like playing with my fingers. Um, it also, most people, when they're adults, they use their phone to stim. That's they'll, where they'll, they'll mm. endless scrolling. So you're just, uh, you know. Okay.
3: Yeah. So. yeah, so he'll be doing that during the movie. And then a lot of times for, for many different movies, that's when, like, he's stimming when there's things going on. You know, you're you're talking your romantic p- points, you're swearing, stuff like that. And then he'll run back in the room for a Batman fight. I was hmm. like, okay, so you just want to see Batman do cool stuff. You're really yeah. not paying attention to the stuff that I would be concerned about anyways. In the, no, um, and game. I
2: think for, my, for, for the longest time, dialogue was boring for my kids. And so yeah. it's the action sequence that actually pull their focus. And that's the biggest thing. Otherwise, they're like, I don't have the brain capacity to listen to all these words. And I don't understand the meanings. And this is dumb.
3: Yeah. Um, after doing uh, Rescue Rangers, he wants he wanted to do Sonic, because he had seen it, but I had it. Um, that wasn't that bad. Hmm. Like, that really, for a kid's movie, that really wasn't bad. That was a fun little movie. So, um, I guess Sonic 2 is available digitally, so i got to try to figure that out by Saturday. That's that's her plan for then. Oh, Okay. Um, now now, Lillian can judge me uh, he won't be reading this um, but I got an advanced reader book to review and it's really kind of like making me reconsider thoughts for things so uh, Maitland Ward has a autobiography out and I know you're both probably like who the heck is this she was the very tall redhead girlfriend that was added to boy meets world in later seasons. Okay. When the older kids were in college. Yeah. So she was added then she was on like a bold and beautiful, I think as well. A few other things. And apparently as she got like later in life and all, she wasn't getting hired. She wasn't finding roles, anything. Her, husband said something as a joke probably about like you know um oh you know you look great in that bathing suit put pictures up online I bet we could make some money you know something silly like that
0: mm-hmm.
3: so she kind of did like only things here's cute pictures of me and then it expanded to doing more and more on there and now she's this huge advocate for sex working and porn in Hollywood Uh after, you know, when everyone sees her as a girl from boy meets world, yeah, which is owned by Disney. Now she's doing this, but the point of the book, and I apparently I got to finish it by September when it actually goes on sale for getting this advanced copy. Yeah. The point of it is like, she's telling all these stories of like, hey, here's how all of us, like, young girls are kind of used and chewed up and spit out by Hollywood and Disney and the studios and the respectful companies. Mm-hmm. Like, here's all the terrible stuff they, these respectful places did to me. And then here's what I get to control and decide on my own. And that's, that's
2: something I honestly would love to read I think that sounds fascinating
3: yep and yeah so the stuff that I'm controlling and in charge of and on my own and I get to decide what I'm gonna do and not do that's what you're judging me for and calling me names for but all this other crap that happened when I was younger everyone just goes oh that's how Hollywood that's how it is yeah want be a star she's like this is not fair at all yeah
2: and it's because of this narrative where people are saying it's not okay because it has always been that whole well this is where Hollywood is. Um, I watched. I'm sorry. to – I just want to comment. Uh, I, I just got to cut in. Sorry, I cut um, okay. in. Nice. I I I was watching a video yesterday and someone was talking about um, how. It's a bit of a scam like with film school, acting school, some of the stuff it can be because the reality is is that Hollywood is a very close circle of families and networking Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um who you know. And so it takes five seconds. If you're not on the inside, you can be on the outside in, in no time if you're not part of the that group. And it does essentially like it flips on you. You can be famous one minute and then you're flipping burgers the next. Like there is no care whatsoever for the way that they treat you, whether you're a child or an adult. And it's not OK that that there's if you speak up about it or, or that, that, you know, it's understood that you have to put up with um, inappropriate comments or, you know, any of these things that people think that it's it's like having that creepy uncle who makes comments about things. And it's like, oh, it's OK. He's just your uncle or, oh, it's just the way we do things. You know, it's just, you know, this. And so it is it's, it's heartening to see stuff like this coming out because. Maybe it'll help change that narrative as people, you know, get into this or they I- idolize that kind of world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I'm, I'm, you need to, you need to send me that info so I can like read up on this.
3: Well, it, it, it's super interesting too. Like even, um, opening chapters, her on bold and beautiful, and the stuff that, uh, the grooming that takes place, like as soon as she's on set, pretty much. Oh, here's here's some male star that's latched onto you and is gonna try to steer you this way and away from you know. Oh, you got a high school boyfriend, isn't that cute? You know, but uh, I'm Hollywood. You know, I'm I'm mm. a star. Let's kind of you know steer you this way. Um, making like uh, comments about her weight, comments about her hair, um, her having to like okay, we're gonna do a scene where you're in lingerie. So, for eight hours of your day today, you're going to go and put on different outfits and then come out to this room full of men who will decide whether or not it's too sexy for TV. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, I'm sure that's what's actually happening here. Yeah, but, but that's the respectful part of the job. <laughs> yeah. So really, like, she's not pulling any punches. She's got her money now. She's good. Bravo. <laughs>
2: Well, and I remember seeing, like, um, there was a young girl who was rocking, walking the runway at a red carpet show a couple months ago, and she was this little, like, kid kind of thing, and she her she had a high slit in her dress so, it was, so, it was, so she could walk, and she had to move it around, and people were commenting on her legs, they were commenting on how high the slit is, she's like, you can't see anything, it is, I'm a kid, like, can yeah. people please stop sexualizing a child, and I'm like, there's a line where you get assessed for your beauty standards and where you are put into outfits that you necessarily probably, whether you shouldn't be wearing or it's appropriate or not, like nobody has the right to comment, but it's just the way it's always been done. Like look at Millie Bobby Brown from stranger things. Like that girl has had to fight for people to be like, back off, please. It's a kid. Like mm-hmm, we are mm-hmm. not, do- we're not doing this. Like, don't talk about me like this. I don't want to hear about it. Like don't, don't ask her these kinds of questions. Like, cause she started doing that show when she was, I don't remember how old she was
1: like she nine? was young
2: and now they're they're so much older and the cast <clears throat> is even saying i think I, I saw a clip yesterday and she was like i have six siblings this age or something like she's like i can't believe they were kissing at that age like my goodness <laughs> um well,
3: but well, then it's like oh well she's 18 now it's like yeah but she's not 18 in all these pictures and videos that you're showing
2: Nope, and that's actually one of the things with the new Rick Riordan series for Percy Jackson. Percy is 12, and one of my favorite things about the book is that they don't even approach a romantic relationship until he's older. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't even have feelings or any of this. So I'm really hoping when they do this TV series properly, there should not be – like, there is moments where you're like, okay, these kids like each other, but there is no romance for, like, three books. Yeah. There's a time and a place, and Hollywood has a horrible habit of fetishizing – the weirdest of things about people like it's just ah Mm -hmm. we could probably all have an entire discussion about movie actors who have been done wrong by hollywood or kids who have been like inappropriately commented about or god knows what yep but now i want that book (laughs)
1: um
3: i'm gonna try to finish it
1: excellent i just wanted to quickly throw something out there real quick i totally forgot to mention this um Better Call Saul just had their mid-season finale. I didn't realize that they were splitting the season in half. This last season, because it's their last season, and the uh, it's going to resume. I think July eleventh. Um, the rest of the season is going to start. This mid-season finale was jaw-dropping. It like I literally um, did not see that coming, and. I felt real, you know. It it was it was good. You know, like it it uh featured uh spoilers. It featured the death of a character that I didn't see coming. And um you know, cuz it's in the Breaking Bad universe, uh when Bre- Breaking Bad, you know, they had some pretty memorable deaths on that show and this is right up there with that. And I can't wait for July. July 11th. Can't come fast enough. Uh, this last season's been been great uh, for Better Call Saul. So I'm looking forward to the last I don't know four or five episodes. I guess they got. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, um, I think we can call this an episode of Geek Followed. Uh, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Um, you can find me on uh, uh, randomnerdness.blogspot.com. That is my blog. I'm blogging a lot uh, lately about uh, what was the Battle of Alberta, but now my beloved Edmonton Oilers have moved on to the third round of the playoffs. So they're playing Colorado right now, the Colorado Avalanche. Um, So I don't know what to call it. The Battle of the Mountain Standard Time, I guess. I I don't know, because... You know, Denver and Edmonton are in the same time zone. That's, you know, Battle of the Rocky Mountains, maybe. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so uh, you can follow me there uh, at my blog. And, Kevin, where can we find you?
3: You can follow me on most social medias at Masked Library, and com is my home blog. Um I am finding it very difficult to find time to do stuff right now, mm-hmm. but it's not going away. It just might be like quiet until I figure out a better schedule for myself. Yep.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about what it's like where you're at, Kevin, but I know for me right now, summer is finally here. So I've, I've been going outside a lot more and enjoying my, my backyard. Cause, uh, this, Winter seemed to last forever, and now things are finally finally getting green grass. The leaves are finally coming out on our trees. It's great. Uh, Lillian, where can we
2: find you? In pure chaos most days, but you can find me on Twitter at Talking Squirrel. That's talking without an a nasal, so it's talking squirrel. Um come and say hello and you know, let's let's talk about all things chaos. Mostly I talk about being an ADHD squirrel, having a neurodiverse brain, fandoms, randomness, you know, being a mom of neurodiverse brains and having a husband who puts up with the fact that he's the only normal one in the house.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Um I, I don't think there is a using air quotes normal anymore. I think uh we're all unique. And, and that's a good thing.
2: Oh, uh, I definitely agree. He's just not neurotic. How about that?
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I get you. Um, all right. Well, thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us talk geek stuff on Geek Fallout Reloaded. And we will see you again in about two weeks.